Okay, I want you to open your Bible at Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Matthew 1, verse 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. Come on, let's say it. Emmanuel, God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. What a fantastic thing to know. God is with us. That's the key message of Christmas, is God is with us. God came down from heaven, came in and visited the earth to be with us. Heart of God is for relationship. And one of the core things in relationship is being present for people, being present with them. You can't have relationship without connection. And one of the most vital parts of connection and relationship is just to be physically present. God could have just sent us a book, but He did us more than just give us a book. He gave us more than a book of principles and keys to live by. He Himself came to be with us. And this, of course, is the heart of the whole gospel, is God is with us. This is always the way God's intended it to be. When God designed you and designed me, He designed us to be His sons, His daughters, His ambassadors, to represent Him in the earth and to bring His presence into the earth, to bring heaven into the earth. So this is a fantastic thing about Christmas I love, is it reminds us God is with us. In the Bible, uh, names always have significance, and so whenever the Bible says someone's name, inevitably there was something associated with the name. And so the name of a person was their identity, who they are. So Abraham, the father of nations. It described who he was. It described his purpose in the earth. Uh, there's another guy there, and I can't remember his name. It'll come to me in a moment. And, uh, and his name means the one who broke through. The one who broke through. And, it, and in his life, he suffered rejection, but broke through. His name prophetically described. Hmm? Jephthah, that's the one. I should have known that. Well, he's having a senior moment, that's all. And uh, <laughs> God is with us. God is with us. See, so the name given to Jesus was Savior, the one who saves the world. Jesus means Savior. Also, his name is Emmanuel, because that describes the heart of God. God wants to be with you. We sang the first song today, fear not, for I am with you. God wants to be with you. Wherever you go in this world, God wants to be with you. When you go into the marketplace, into your workplace, whatever part of life you go, into the school, God wants to be with you. Emmanuel, God with us. God wants to be with you. We're just going to talk a little bit about that today, and I want to pick up just one aspect of that. The presence of God brings refreshing. When God is with us, things change. I want you to read with me Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Acts chapter 3, verse 19, and it says, Times of refreshing that will come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing. Refreshing means to to breathe again, to, to be released from work, to be released from pressure, means to be revived or come alive. Whenever the presence of God comes upon a person's life or comes into a person's life, there is reviving. You don't always have words for it, but somehow you come alive. When we come into a corporate atmosphere like this, presence of God is there. We don't know what it is. We can't see it, but oh, we come alive. 
How many of you come to meetings in Bay City and you came away and, whoa, you felt alive, energized? How many of you have experienced that kind of thing? Well, you know, the Bible tells us, of course, uh, describing God, the, there's a word they use, omnipresent. God is everywhere. So we know that God is everywhere. There's no place that you can run from Him, no place on the earth you can go from Him. But there's something else that the Bible describes. It's called the tangible presence of God. Tangible means you can feel it. Tangible means it's not a matter of just acting in faith. I believe God is here. Tangible means I'm beginning to experience the reality of God's presence. And this is the thing that you and I are called to live in and called to carry into the community. We're called to live and experience the presence of God. Why? Because without that presence, you're alone in life. One of the big challenges people face is loneliness, sense of emptiness because of being disconnected from God. God's answer to that is God with us, Emmanuel, experiencing the presence of God and carrying that presence into the community to every person who has need of it. So notice this, uh, that presence, presence is everything. I was, let me give you a couple of examples of how powerful your presence can make. Uh, I'll give you two examples, just personal ones. One of them was I uh, had a, and I may have shared this story before, I had a, when I was just a very young pastor, I had one of the members of the congregation, a young couple, and they had a cop death at uh, the age of three months. And you can imagine how traumatic that is. I was a very new pastor, so I didn't have a clue what to do. I just got thrust in. They just called me the pastor, and that was it. Didn't have the training or anything, just that's it. And so I remember as I drove out to their place, and uh, I was feeling very inadequate, didn't know what to say, didn't know what to do. What do you say to a young couple who is so proud of this child they brought into the world, and the child has been taken from them? And I didn't have a clue what to say. And I, there was, I didn't feel like there were any words could say enough to comfort this couple. And so when I got, I just prayed, and the Lord said, don't say anything. Just be with them. Don't try to say words. There's nothing you can say that's going to minimize the pain of their loss. There's no way you can explain the pain of their loss. There's no way you can make it superficial or try to smooth it over. They have suffered great loss. Just be with them. And I went there, I got out of the car and I went over and the father came out of the house and, and I looked at him and uh, I just put my arms around him and hugged him and we wept together. That's all we did. I didn't have words, I just wept with him. And I held on to him for quite a long time. We just wept together. And I didn't really say very much while I was there. I had no words to say. I didn't even know why the baby had died. There was no words that could fill the gap. But he said to me later on, he said, that was the first time in my life I ever felt that someone really loved me. And the thing that communicated the love of God was physical presence, being there, just carrying the love of God within this human vessel and physically being present with the person. It makes a difference. This is why we have to be present in relationships. This is why we need to make our presence felt in the community. You actually have to be there. And God doesn't want to just bring the gospel in some kind of flashing light from heaven. God's plan is Emmanuel, God with us. 
It's actually the Spirit of God entering into a human being as God came in the person of Jesus Christ. But God not only just visited the earth in the person of Jesus Christ, that is God's plan for saving people. It's people filled with the presence of God, carrying that presence and actually engaging people, being present for them. You can't love at a distance. I remember a second example that uh, deeply impacted me was uh, when my mother died. And uh, I had fully expected that she would recover. She had a heart attack and she was always, she was of that generation that always minimized the troubles they had. And so she minimized how serious it was. And I went with her, had a chance to pray with her and felt the peace of God come there. And, uh, then, but then to, I went home thinking fully she's going to recover and I was shocked that she died and disappointed because I'd not only lost my mother, I'd actually felt I could have spent the time there if I'd realized. So I felt quite cheated of that opportunity. And I uh, went to the funeral and uh, was trying to, uh, just trying, I guess, to be a good Christian in that environment, whatever that means. Trying to feel the presence of God, trying to uh, be able to walk through that painful experience without sort of losing it altogether. And everything was fine until... <laughs> Until we came out of the, uh, out of the service, and uh, as we came out of the service, and the coffin was being carried out, cask being carried out, and uh, I was with my father and brothers, and we were just walking behind, and I looked, and my eyes caught sight of someone who was just standing there. And it was the pastor we had in Dannyburg. He was our first pastor. And he didn't say a word, he just was there. He was present. And the moment I looked at him, I felt the comfort of God just flood my side, I began to weep because I felt God's love brought through a person being present. You may not always know what to say, but Emmanuel, God with us, you can be present with people and your presence with them can bring tremendous comfort, just as the way your absence and a time of need can communicate a great lack of care. So God's plan has always been the same, Emmanuel, God with us, but God's plan for Hastings, for Napier, for this area, is a body of people carrying the presence of God and engaging and connecting with people. You've just got to turn up and be there. No saying, I was with you in spirit, that doesn't cut it. Actually, what's really needed is for you to show up. And that's what God's calling the church to do, to show up. Begin to show up in the community. Begin to show up carrying the presence of God. Begin to show up being different. Begin to show up boldly and unashamed. God is with me. God is in me. There's an anointing of the Holy Spirit within me that teaches me what to do and how to live my life. There's a Holy Ghost presence comes on me, and I can release that wherever I go. In, uh, just in Singapore, I came back from Singapore. I'd been up there and and uh, I had some meetings up there. One of the meetings was for teachers, and I taught teachers how to bring the presence of God into their classroom. And when I came back this time, I had several rush up to me. As soon as they saw me, they ran up. They said, you cannot believe the changes that took place in our classroom as we began to bring the presence of God into the room. They said, it has totally transformed our classrooms, the presence of God. Emmanuel, God with us. Times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. People are looking for religion. 
They're looking for Emmanuel. They're looking for the reality of God's presence. Without that, people are very, very empty, very, very alone. See? So one of the things is that God has designed you and I is to experience His presence tangibly, at times to really feel and be aware of His presence, and secondly, to carry that life to the community. That's the plan of God. And we'll express that life creatively. This is why I love the variety of what happened on Friday night. Such creativity. I really want to thank Kate and for all that you've done. I just love that creative gift. I love that flow. God wants to release more of that creativity in you, wants to enlarge that creativity, wants to bring an expansion with whole new realms of ideas. This coming is a year of increase for you. There's other people here with creativity as well. That God wants to release that creativity because creativity is one of the things that marks us out as being unique in the creation. So I want to just move from there just to, just to pick up that one of the key things that people struggle with, and there may be many here, and I want to just give you how you deal with this issue in your life. And this is the issue of, of feeling alone in this world, loneliness. At this time of Christmas, you'll find there will be many people who will feel very lonely. And for a whole variety of reasons. And uh, you and I at times will experience loneliness. Some of you may be very lonely right now. You're in a great group of people. There's singing. There's laughing. You've been clapping. Things around you happening. But in the middle of it, suddenly you're very lonely. And I want to just talk about that and how you can actually deal with it. Because God's answer to that is Emmanuel. God with us. Becoming conscious of the presence of God. So firstly, the thing, first thing is solitude and loneliness are not the same thing. Solitude means you've chosen to be alone, chosen to be on your own. Solitude is needed to refocus our life and recenter our life and get management of our life. You have to have times alone. In Mark 1.35, it says, While it was yet dark, great way before morn, Jesus rose up and went into a solitary place alone and prayed. So times of solitude, times of just being alone, are important for constructing and recreating your life. You just got to break from the crowd sometimes. One of the best times to do that is early in the morning. But loneliness is different. Loneliness is a heavy feeling. It's a sad feeling that you are disconnected and not close to any person. And, and, and with that is this kind of feeling that perhaps no one really cares about me. And so loneliness is a shocking thing, really. Loneliness can destroy people. Loneliness can cause people to do all kinds of crazy things. So David experienced loneliness. Well, have a look with me in Psalm 142. People can experience loneliness because you've lost a loved one. People can experience loneliness because they have a leadership role. And, and in that role of leadership, there's a certain level where there's no one to talk to. No one can understand what you carry. No one can give answers to the questions you have. There's also a loneliness that comes when people around you have rejected you. But look at this cry here. It says in Psalm 142, a contemplation of David, a prayer when he was in a cave. So this prayer is a cave prayer. Anyone ever been in a cave at any time? Any been a time and you're in a dark, lonely place and you were, it looked like a cave is not a nice place. Anytime people in the Bible were in a cave, they were in a bad place. They were in a place where they were alone. It was a place that's dark and cold and damp and gloomy. A cave was a place that people retreated to when they weren't safe, when they uh, were running from their enemies usually. Elijah ran and hid in the cave. And God said, what are you doing here? We don't belong in a cave. Lots of Christians are in a cave. Some of you here today in a meeting, you're in a cave. God, I want you in a cave. Come out of the cave. Some men live that way. 
It's like they're, the real person is in a cave. You can't find them. You see their face. You feel they're there, but there's lights on, but no one home. They're in the cave. They're well and truly gone in there. Cave time. So cave, notice what David cried. He said, obviously he's in a very, very difficult time. Verse 2, I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, you knew my path. You knew the way I walk. My enemies have secretly set a snare for me. Now, this is the verse. Look on my right hand and see. There's no one who acknowledges me. Now, this is, this is, the, this is the expression of feelings of a person who's struggling with loneliness. There's no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. No one acknowledges me. No one places a value on me. That's what he's saying. I feel devalued. Secondly, he says, there's no refuge for me, or refuge has failed me. That means comfort or relief. There's no one will offer me comfort or kind words or be near me. See, his loneliness is finding an expression. Third thing, it says, no man or no one cared for my soul. No one was inquiring or asking what's going on in my life. Interesting, when God came to Adam, he said, the first question came, he said, Adam, where are you? Which is inquiring how he's doing. And here's the plight that David was in, and perhaps some of you are in that distress today. I'll give you some simple white things not to do and some single things to do. No man cared for my soul. Hear the cry. So his feelings, this is the kind of feelings people have when they're lonely. There's a feeling of being empty. There's a feeling of actually no one cares about me. There's a feeling of, of having a lack of value or worth. There's a feeling of shame. You know, there's something must be wrong with me. And young people, we've got a generation that got so many toys, but actually one of the common problems they all have is loneliness. We've got a generation of older people who've been through all kinds of things in life, yet their common experience is one of loneliness. We have to have an answer to loneliness. The answer is Emmanuel, God with us, becoming conscious of the presence of God in the same way that David did. Now, a typical thing when people are alone is they get attacked by demons. Get attacked, now you say, well, how do you get attacked by a demon? Very simply, there is a pressure, spiritual pressure comes on your mind and emotions and it brings great feelings that you've been abandoned and you're on your own. Brings feelings that no one wants you or accepts you. Brings feelings of despair. It won't be like that. It'll, it'll stay like that. There's no way out. So when people are experiencing loneliness for whatever reason in their life, if you don't act proactively to deal with it, you will experience that thing push on your life and intensify and this is why many young people commit suicide, because there's a despair, my life will ever be connected to anyone or I'll have any value. This is why older people just die early. It's quite an interesting thing we noticed on the, on, in Dennyburg when we are down there that people that have worked all their lives on the farm and had a purpose and a focus for their life, when they left the farm and left everything they were connected to, they would actually age and die quite quickly. And a lot of that is to do with loneliness, an empty life. So what can we do from it? Well, there's a, first of all, there's a couple of things that people do. And so I want to show you out of Psalm 142 what David did, because this is the answer. It's actually God with us. Here's some of the things that people do. How many people, first of all, have experienced loneliness? You know what loneliness feels like? It's that bad feel. How many have had that kind of feeling? I mean, all of us have had that. We all have it at times. Part of human life. You have times when you're very, very lonely. But listen, you can do something about it. Here's what you can do. Now, this is some of the bad stuff. Don't do this stuff. This one. Now, some people, when they're lonely or feel, they feel the loneliness come around them, what they do is isolate. They just go it alone. They withdraw. 
if they're religious or if they're really deceived in their mind. They'll say, oh, God told me to. But he really tells you to withdraw. He actually comes to connect us, connect us to himself, connect us to people. So when people isolate and withdraw, it's a bad way of handling loneliness. You just get more lonely. Another thing people try and do is they try and fill up the emptiness they feel. So they get busy, frantically busy, until you find many times people who are frantically busy and driven and can't stop, can't rest, there's a loneliness, and if they slow down and stop, they'll feel it, and there's no way they're going to stop. Because they don't want to feel the loneliness, haven't got a remedy for it, don't know what to do. Another thing that, uh, that people tend to do is take something to dull the pain. So many young people today, to dull the loneliness and lack of purpose and emptiness in their life, just take alcohol, just binge drink to try and actually dull the pain. And then the other thing which people do, which is, uh, has even more dramatic effect on them, is to seek out relationships to fill the pain. And one of the worst things you can do, young people, is to seek out a relationship to fill an emptiness and a need in your life. It is a sure way to disaster because inevitably you'll seek out the wrong kind of people. If we seek to deal with our loneliness by finding a relationship with an ungodly person, what will happen is they will draw you further and further and further from God and your loneliness will increase. All that happens is you get more lonely. One day you're hurt and broken, the relationship's broken up and and, and now you're further from God than you ever were. The loneliness is deeper. And so people enter relationships to meet this need. Now, here's the thing you've got to understand. There isn't a man in this world, young woman, that can meet all your needs. There's not one. Now, young man, there's no woman can meet all your need. There's just not one. There's no person can do that. In fact, if you enter a relationship and you're wanting someone to meet your needs... You will end up codependent or dependent on them. There'll be a demand the person meet your needs. And in the end, the relationship breaks down and blows apart. Don't enter into a relationship with someone who is needy because it's sure to drain you out. And in the end, you will end up rejecting the person. That's not how God designed relationships to go. So many people enter relationships, particularly at this time of year, because they're lonely. It's the wrong way to go. Here's what you do. We find it, found it here in Psalm 142, very, very simply. If you're going to handle loneliness, this is what you need to do. Firstly, reach out to the Lord. A contemplation or prayer when he was in a cave. What David did was reached out to God because God has promised to be with us. The answer to the deepest loneliness in your life, God is with me. I'm not alone. I'm not going to find a substitute for God. I will reach into and discover this God who says you never leave me nor forsake me. I need to make a decision in the time of loneliness. I will be proactive. I won't fellowship with demons of rejection and abandonment and loneliness and despair. I will reach out to fellowship with the Spirit of God. I will reach out of my cave and connect with the living God. You've got to make that decision. Or your life will become more and more empty and meaningless. Notice what he did. He said, I poured out my complaint. I told God all my troubles. I just let it all go. Now, he had a heap of trouble. So when he let it all go, he'd have been shouting and yelling and crying, and he let it all go. One of the ways you deal with loneliness is you come into the prison. You've got to do this. You have to choose to refocus your attention because the person who is lonely 
will be wanting someone, somewhere, to reach into them, come through for them. That's where the dilemma lies. You tend to then feel more sorry for yourself. A lonely person, you come into church, what you tend to do is want people to come to you. You want people to come and meet your need, and you need to make a decision. This loneliness is something I can address. I am responsible for my life. And a person who's lonely tends to become more and more conscious and centered in on themselves. You're not designed to live that way. None of us are designed to live that way, conscious and thinking about ourselves. We're designed to be conscious of Emmanuel. God is with me. I'll never, never, never alone. Never alone. Never alone. Solitary sometime, but never alone. That's what Jesus said in John 16, verse 32. He said, I know you'll leave me all alone, but I am not alone. My Father is with me at all times. He lived conscious of the presence of God. Emmanuel, God with me. So he said, you can all leave me, and I know you will. You can all abandon me, I know you will. You can, all, you can move away and pretend you don't know me, and I know you will. But he said, I am not alone. I have access to a spiritual life and resource that I can tap into. My Father will never leave me alone. He's always there and will fellowship with me. So you see then, what he did was he, you've got to change your focus. You have to change your focus. So what are you going to change your focus to? You're going to direct your focus away from yourself. So how did David direct his focus away from himself? If you read the psalm, you notice he did this. First of all, he focused his attention towards God. Now, this is what the Word of God says. Hebrews 13, verse 5, last part. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is the Word of God to you. I will never leave you or abandon you. But what if I've sinned? I will never leave you or abandon you. You may not be aware of the presence of God because of sin, but He will never abandon us. So the first part that you have to do is realize loneliness causes you to focus inward, consciously direct your attention back to the Lord. So the first thing He did was He poured out His emotions expressed how he felt and the pain he was going through, the difficulty. Secondly, he begins to acknowledge God. Here's what you do there. Begin to praise the Lord. You say, oh, I don't think I want to praise the Lord. Of course you don't want to. You want to focus on yourself. Praise the Lord. Offer a sacrifice of praise. Begin to speak in tongues. Begin to build an awareness that God is with me. Third thing, focus and declare the, pr- the promise of God. I thank you, Lord, you are with me. Your presence is with me. You will never leave me nor forsake you. You have said you will never abandon me. I thank you, Lord, you are my father and I'm your child. Begin to declare God's word and God's promises over your life. Then begin to meditate. See him. He's near you. As you pray in tongues and stir your spirit, as your mind declares the Word of God and the promise of God, and you let your focus become on Him, you can become aware of His presence. And that was what David did. That was what he did in his time of distress when he was in a cave. He turned towards the Lord. He poured his emotions and soul out to the Lord. He then began to praise Him and acknowledge Him and remember the promises of God, began to meditate 
on the presence of God. God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. It takes a little time to discipline your inner life to become conscious. God is with me. The Spirit of God is in me. The anointing of God is upon me. And you begin to meditate and become conscious of God being with you. It doesn't happen immediately. But I can tell you this. If you will direct your attention and your complaints, let them out to the Lord. If you will consciously praise the Lord, you'll begin to start to find the atmosphere around your life changes. Any demons that are there, be silenced and flee. Presence of God will begin to start to manifest around your life again. As we learn to meditate and reflect, we open our life to the presence of God. We have a praise pause. We stop and become conscious of God. As soon as you become conscious of God, the loneliness is gone. Here's the second thing you can do, a very simple thing you can do. Take the initiative to connect with people. Don't wait for someone to come to you. You're not called to be like that. You and I are called to initiate connections, to use the phone and talk to someone, to say hello to someone, to be the first person to go up. He that has friends must show himself friendly. Be the first one to initiate. Go actually reach out and make some connection. And finally, one of the last ways that is very effective in helping you break through loneliness is to just help someone who's disadvantaged. Serve someone. It's an amazing thing about helping someone. You suddenly find you become overwhelmed by all their needs. You become aware of what their needs. You think, oh man, oh man, boy, they've really got some trouble. I'm glad I could help. There is something about serving people that shifts your focus from yourself to others. How do I break out of loneliness? We see I can either yield to it and then live in that place for a long time, or I can make a decision. Firstly, I'll turn to the Lord, begin to pour my heart out to Him, begin to praise Him, begin to confess the promises He's with me, begin to meditate. God is with me. Now, I found this. Don't wait till you're lonely to start practicing the presence of God. It's very hard when you just wait until you're in trouble, then you ask God to help. But every day, you have time to stop and just become aware, God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. I lived for years with feelings of loneliness. And I took some weeks to meditate in God being with me until the truth was birthed in my soul. And you can do the same. Because when we go into the community, when we're reaching out to help people, what we need to be constantly conscious of, God is with me. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. Have you ever thought of this? That in the 21st century, in 2000, this year, this, this century that we're in, the people should be able to say, Emmanuel, 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 Emmanuel. God is with me because you touched me with his life. You touched me with his love. You brought something of God to me. When you reached out to me, I felt God touch me. When you spoke to me, I felt God's words into my heart. When you smiled at me, I felt God's love and acceptance. When you prayed for me, I felt God touch me. Emmanuel. See, that's what the Christmas message is about. Emmanuel, God with us. 
not 2,000 years ago an infant in a cradle in a manger see people in churches and religious people love to see Jesus in the manger and the lights and all the things it is wonderful but actually that's not how he is now he's a risen Lord a conquering king he's Emmanuel God with us and as we become conscious God is with us we can bring God to other people this is why we teach you how to move in the gifts of the spirit why so you can be Emmanuel God with us you brought God to someone when you prophesy you bring God to someone Emmanuel see when you move in the gifts of the spirit you bring God to someone Emmanuel when you begin to stand in your workplace and pray Emmanuel God is with us in this place things are changing because there's a generation carrying the presence of God and making a difference you were born for it so don't live in loneliness when God has made a remedy for you make a decision to break out of it and believe what God says God is with me I will never leave you nor forsake you the spirit of God is within me the anointing is upon me God is with me and I will make room in my life to be conscious of him aware of him and to bring him to others He's saying, hey, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for this great season when we're reminded God is with us. Like Moses, Lord, unless your presence is with us, we ain't going anywhere, we won't stand out. But Lord, when your presence is in our life, our life carries joy, vitality, a hope that touches the lives of those around us. Our life carries something different. So, Lord, increase your presence. Increase your glory upon us. Just what our eyes are closed and heads about. Is there any person here today who's never made a commitment to Jesus Christ? Never received the Spirit of God, the presence of God into your life? Friend, today you're living a life disconnected without God. You were born that way and you've lived that way by choice. Today you can choose and be different. Make that choice today to receive Jesus Christ. Is there anyone here today willing to receive Jesus Christ? You're right at that point. Just raise your hand. Let me see right now that I want to receive Jesus. I want to receive God's gift, God's life, God's love. I want to be connected to the living God. Is there anyone here right now? Never become a Christian today. You want to become a Christian? Give your life to Jesus. Is there any person here today who's found themselves very distant from God? You're saying, Lord, I need to reconnect with you today. I want to become connected again. Why don't you raise your hand quickly? Many reasons we can be disconnected. Sin, failure, mistakes, just difficulties in life. Neglect of prayer, neglect of fellowship. A whole range of things. But listen today, make a decision to connect with the living God. Father, I thank you today that we were able to bring the presence of God to thousands of people. Lord, may today be another day of bringing your presence to people around us. May today be a day, Lord, when we begin to be conscious of Emmanuel, God with us, and become very bold in entering our community and bring the light and the salt and carrying your presence to people in need. Father, help us to be aware of those who are lonely and be Emmanuel, God with them. Help us to be aware of people in need and be Emmanuel, God with them. Help us to be aware, Lord, of what you've called us to do in our community. Everyone said, Amen. Amen.